0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, is Thursday. You know what that means. Crossover Thursday. We get to break down the next team up on the schedule for the silver and black. And, of course, that's Monday Night Football with the Detroit Lions. So all things Lions, all things Raiders on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 26, 2023. You're Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. You ought to win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conned. And welcome in Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast To get the latest edition of the show, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. show is really growing on YouTube in a major way, and that's because of you and because of my man, Ari. Ari does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube, looking good and sounding good. You want to hit him up on Twitter, you can, at Ari Produces. You can always hit me up as well, at your boy Q254. And we got the Locked On Podcast voicemail line if you want to be a part of the show, 707-654-4693. We won't have any calls or texts on today's show. We'll get back to that on Friday's show as we head into the weekend, and that's because today is a crossover edition. So all three segments will be about the Lions and the Raiders. Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lions, will join the show. We'll talk about the storylines for the two teams. We'll talk about the matchups, and we'll talk about the path to victory, what each team has to do to get a win. The Lions coming off a blowout loss to the Baltimore Ravens, of course the Raiders coming off a bad loss to the Chicago Bears. Week 7 is behind us. Officially, it's on on to week eight. And so all eyes are on the Detroit Lions. All eyes will be on the Raiders in today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. We'll jump right into that after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is, of course, Prize Picks. Uh, they are the Easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to prizefix.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for our first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. And I'll tell you more about them later on in the show. But before I get into part one of the crossover edition, I wanted to give you a little practice squad update, a roster update for the practice squad. And I should have gave this to you on Wednesday. I just forgot. To be 100% honest, I just forgot to go ahead and pass this information along, but it's never too late. So on Tuesday, uh, the Raiders signed linebacker Darius Harris and also kicker James McCourt to the practice squad. They released tight end John Samuel Shanker and linebacker Michael Walker from the practice squad, and they also released tight end Noah T from the practice squad injured list. So uh, now Noah's gone, uh, John Samuel Shanker is gone again, linebacker Michael Walker is gone. But they signed the linebacker in Darius Harris and more importantly, kicker James McCourt, which lets me know that the groin injury that Daniel Carlson is dealing with is something to pay attention to, something to monitor. They want to make sure that they have a kicker on the roster just in case Carlson's not ready to go on Monday Night Football. And that would be unfortunate because you know he's cash money. I know he missed a kick on Sunday against the Bears, but he's cash money. He's the guy that you want out there when you need him. So hopefully he's able to go, but that's why they have James McCourt on the practice squad just in case. Also, little later on this morning, around 10 o'clock, we'll talk to head coach Josh McDaniels and uh, we'll get his thoughts on the upcoming game as they've officially turned the page as well from the Chicago Bears to the Detroit Lions so that I'll get our first opportunity to talk to him uh, strictly about the Lions. And then also the Raiders locker room will be open a little bit later on this afternoon. I won't be available for that. I'll be doing my radio show on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, but hopefully I get some sounds from the locker room sent over from Vinny Bonsignor. But at 10 a.m., we'll be talking to head coach Josh McDaniels and, of course, we'll just get his thoughts on the upcoming opponent, which is the Detroit lions. And we'll also get a injury report today. We'll get an injury report tomorrow. And also on Saturday, then 90 minutes before kickoff, uh, anybody who's questionable or, you know, doubtful, we'll find out if they're in or out. We'll find out the inactives 90 minutes before kickoff for Monday night football lions and Raiders. With all that being said, let's go ahead and get into part one of the crossover edition, Matt, Derry and myself talking about the biggest storylines between the lions and the Raiders.
1: Q. Great to see you. My friend, um, these are two teams kind of in a weird spot after what has happened the last couple of weeks. I know in Vegas, everybody wants McDaniel's gone. <laughs> yeah. Here, everybody's so happy with Dan Campbell, but a really bad performance last Sunday. Uh, before we get into top storylines, how, how would you kind of gauge what's going on in Vegas right now?
0: Uh, it's, it's really, man, it's really a lot of questions, right? I have more questions about this team than I have answers following that loss to the Bears on Sunday, right? I mean, they go into a game that you think is very winnable, and you know the Chicago Bears. I mean, that's right there in the division that the Lions are in, so you've seen them up close to personally. You know what they look like, and so I didn't think, especially with the backup quarterback, an undrafted free agent, Division two, that the Raiders would go in and, and squander an opportunity to get above 500 in their overall records, and they just kind of looked lethargic. They didn't look like they had any energy, weren't really uh, interested in playing on Sunday, and so it just left me with so many questions, and of course, it's going to start with the head coach. It's gonna you know start with the the guys that are on the offensive side of things the defense allows 173 yards on the ground Deontay Foreman looks like a pro bowl running back I mean it's just so much it almost looked like the Bears were a really good team and we know that's not the case and I don't want to throw shade at them but I mean even Bears fans were like whoa okay what is this going on so (laughs) there's just so many questions and like you mentioned man everyone wants coach McDaniels out of there Um, I don't know what the solution is I don't know what the right answer is I think that Mark Davis is committed to a three-year deal basically with these with this staff to make sure that they have the chance, the opportunity to get this team right. But a few more duds like what you saw on Sunday, and that plan could change as far as I'm concerned.
1: Check us both out on our Locked On Lions and Locked On Raiders YouTube channels. Please subscribe. We appreciate you making us your first listen, checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we got a little bit on the Raiders. Top storyline, I guess, on the Lions side cue for us here in Detroit is, it was a clunker last week. Yeah. And it was a really bad performance. And after p- folks like Stephen A. Smith uh, at ESPN and others saying, oh, they're the best team in the NFL. I got them in my power rankings number one. <laughs> a little bit of a reality check, right. certainly Sunday in Baltimore, because the Ravens really put it to them. Lamar Jackson did his thing. But really what, what surprised me was how pushed around the Lions got, up both up front with their offensive line. Goff was kind of under fire all day and under siege, and then on the defensive line as well. So – to bounce back, to get that opportunity now, I think everybody's expecting that uh, uh, against the Raiders and how, how Vegas has played, but you never know on Monday night right. how this is going to go. But I still think at 5-2 and two with a bye week coming after this, you go in at 6-2, and two, I think the Lions – are going to be in decent shape. What what, what about the storyline for the for you guys?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100 with the with the Lions and their opportunity to go into the bye sitting there at six and two. And I'll say this, I'll be full uh, transparent. I was one that said I'm going to be late to the Lions party. Right, you got to show me that they're really mm-hmm. a good team. I'm not just going to believe all the hype. And I'll tell you now, Matt, I've not only showed up to the party, but I went home and got my good clothes on. Right, I I, <laughs> I think that I think that they're a good team. and They had a bad day against a really good team in Baltimore. Right, I mean, and, and those are going to happen where the Raiders had a bad day against a really bad team in Chicago. So, you know, <laughs> the Raider fans would love to have that situation that the Lions fans are going through uh, after having that bad that bad loss. But yeah, the storylines when it comes to the Raiders, man, it's just, where's the offense? You know, for me, where is the offense? You have Devonte Adams. You have Josh Jacobs who led the league in rushing. You have a real comfortable number two in Jacoby Myers. You have a guy in Hunter Renfro who's really good, but it cannot get any kind of action at all this season. So wouldn't be shocked to see him, um, gone from Vegas sooner rather than later before the trade deadline on October 31st. Uh, but there's so much firepower on the offensive side of things. I told anyone who would listen, Matt, that that's not going to be the problem for the Raiders this season is the offense. It's going to be can the defense complement them. And boy, was I wrong. They haven't scored 20 points as an offense yet this season. And this is an offensive league, right? Yeah. I mean, the NFL is an yeah. offensive league. They they make sure that they have rules so the offenses can shine. And the Raiders cannot get anything going with their offense at all. They only got over twenty points once, and that was on the strength of a safety uh, that Max Crosby and Bilal Nichols uh, helped force at the end of uh, at the end of the Patriots game. So that's just that's that's the biggest storyline. And and then of course, obviously. Who's going to be at the quarterback position? I believe it's going to be Jimmy G, but he was out last week uh, with a back injury, and he's already missed two and a half games through seven games. And, well, that's Jimmy G, availability and, and best ability, and he doesn't have availability ever throughout the course of his career. So, really, when it comes to the Raiders, that's the biggest storylines as far as, as far as I'm concerned. But I think the Lions are in a good position, man. I think they're feeling good about themselves, even though they're coming off that tough loss.
1: All right, so real fast on a follow-up if Garoppolo doesn't play Monday night and obviously you and I are recording a little bit early in the week, but still, I mean, are they, why go to Hoyer in the first place? It's gotta, O'Connell.
0: <laughs> Matt, Matt, it's gotta be Aiden O'Connell. And I'll tell you why I'm saying this very first and foremost, because I was very much on the train of Hoyer. It should be Hoyer for one game, right? You don't want to throw the rookie in there yet because you want him to have, you know, four or five games in a row to see what he can do. I mean, you know, just to kind of learn what this guy is. And I didn't think that was the, The the time right there against the Bears. You're going up against an undrafted free agent. Why not put Hoyer out there for one game? Let him help you get above 500. He won't make any mistakes. And boy, was I wrong. And Raider Nation let me know about it. So, look. No Hoyer, no Hoyer, no Hoyer. If it ain't Jimmy G, it better be Aiden O'Connell. If it ain't Aiden O'Connell, Matt, it could be you or it could be me, but it can't be Brian Hoyer because Raider Nation will not let me live that one down. Please believe. <laughs> it's,
1: it's amazing how, you know, just that whole New England situation and, and they just kind of all stick together no matter when guys leave. Yeah. Like if O'Brien goes to Houston, he brings some expats with him. Right. When Patricia and, and Quinn came to Detroit, they brought all these former Patriots with them uh, and it didn't work out. Um, you know, Hoyer just playing for McDaniels. Was, I mean, was it the single worst thing you ever saw? Have you seen worse? How, how bad was it?
0: I mean, it was bad. It was just you know, I mean, and look, we know who Brian Hoyer is, but he came in into the game in the second half against the Patriots when Jimmy G went to the hospital with the back injury and, and he didn't sink the ship. And so again, I don't think that Hoyer's going to ever wow anybody, but I figured that for one game he can go in there, deliver the ball to the playmakers like Devontae, like Jacoby, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and just not get in his own way, just not make any mistakes. But the thing was, he went in there and he locked in immediately on Devontae so it's like Devontae, 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 five passes in a row. Then, oh, hey, it's the Jacoby Myers show. Jacoby, 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 Jacoby. Oh, let's go back to Devontae. And so it was so predictable that the Bears were like, okay, well, we know what's coming, so we're just going to jump this route. Oh, we're going to jump this route. So Jalen Johnson had a, a career day. I mean, I think he was the guy that was on the trade blocks until that game against the Raiders. Now the Bears are like, wait, hold on. We better hold on to that guy. He's fantastic. So, you know, it may have just got him a contract extension there in Chicago, but it just was a bad performance. He wasn't very very good and you know now it's at the end of the day if Jimmy can't play now it's just kind of like all right just go to the rookie see what he's got even if he has to start and stop it's got to be better than what we saw from Brian Hoyer on Sunday
1: what'll be interesting too and we're going to get to matchups coming up momentarily but what what, would be very interesting about this entire situation is Monday Night Football Lion fans are going nuts they're so excited for this team and you put you're right, I mean, Hoyer's bad, yeah. But then if you put a rookie like O'Connell, who just is you know a few months removed from playing the Big Ten championship, <laughs> right? Game, uh, in what seemed like his seventh year of college, in that environment at Ford Field, that could be pretty dangerous for yep. a rookie quarterback. But again, like you said, when you've got Jacobs, you've got Myers, Renfro, um, and, and, and certainly Devontae, you'd figure there'd be some some things for him to work with, but the you're shaking your head. You
0: just I mean, I think that there's <laughs> something for him to work with, for sure. But, I mean, you know, what we saw when he started week three against the Chargers was you know, a rookie that was holding on to the ball a little bit longer. A guy who had preseason success. We've seen this a lot. A guy who's had preseason success. The fan base wants to see him because they saw what he did in the oh, preseason. Yeah. And it's, of course, going to translate to the regular season, right? And he's going to shine and he's going to be the next greatest thing. It doesn't always translate. So, he got off to a bad start against the Chargers. Didn't really play well. Took a lot of sacks. Held on to. The ball too long. He did, to his credit, get better towards the you know second half of the game and the end of the game. Uh, then threw a fatal pick at the end that you know uh, uh, allowed the Raiders to to lose that game against the Chargers week three. So you know, I mean, there's things to grow on. But again, at the end of the day, you know how it is. I mean, he's a rookie. Uh, he's on the road. Detroit's going to be angry coming off that loss of Baltimore. It's loud in the dome. I mean, the Detroit Lions defense is 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 chomping at the bits to get back out there. Uh, Hutchinson's going to be you know full steam ahead, peeling his ears back. I mean, you you. No, everything that would be working against him. So, ideally, Jimmy G is back. But after what you saw from Hoyer on Sunday, if, if Jimmy's not back, it's got to be the Aiden O'Connell show. And, and then you just hope for the best. That's all you can really do.
1: Let's get to some matchups. Uh, Q and I will do that coming up next. Lions and Raiders for Monday Night Football.
0: So there goes part one of the conversation, part one of the crossover edition. Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lions, and myself talking the biggest storylines when it comes to the Lions and the Raiders. You know, a little bit of something to kind of give you an idea of what the teams are going through as they head into week eight, Monday Night Football action. They'll actually close out week eight. Coming up in segment number two, we'll talk about the biggest matchups. What are what the key matchups will be for the Lions? What will the key matchups be for the Silver and Black as they go into this Monday night football game. That'll come up in segment number two after I tell you about DoorDash. And I'm not a guy that uses DoorDash too much, but my family uses DoorDash a lot, right? And I don't use DoorDash because, well, the wife does it for me, <laughs> right? I get lucky when I don't when I don't have food at the house, she's like, I'll just DoorDash you a pizza. And so I really am a big fan of Grimaldi's. Uh, it's right around the corner from the house, but a lot of times I'm on the radio. So when I'm on the radio and I'm really hungry, especially when the wife's out of town, she's like, do you want me to DoorDash you a pizza? Yeah, and so she knows that, okay, I'll DoorDash the Grimaldi's. It'll be a large Don, and uh, he'll love that pizza. And in between time that he's on the radio, he'll have an opportunity to actually eat something so I won't just, you know, wither away by starvation. So uh, DoorDash works really well. And the funny thing is when she's out of town is when she uses it for me all the time, and that's awesome, right? She doesn't even have to be in town to be able to do that. So if you need some food or you need to send somebody some food because they're like me and they're not good at it. DoorDash is the way to go. Matter of fact, right now, you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED. Twenty-three. It's subject to change. Turns apply. But I'll tell you, it is such the way to go. So if it's before the game and you don't want to run out, we got a couple other local places like Pizza Rock that I really like to go to, a couple sandwich shops that I like to go to. All of them are available on DoorDash. So if you're trying to load up before the big game like Monday Night Football, say, and you're at the house and you got some friends coming over, you're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. You can order your chips and dips, your nachos. You know, If you want them to go to the grocery store for you, uh, they can hit up Smith's, which is right around the corner as well. And now that I think about it, man, there's a lot of local. I should be using DoorDash more often, right? I would never have to leave the house. It'd be fantastic. But uh, you can be prepared for game day. You can stock up with everything you need by using DoorDash. And again, you get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED. 23 is subject to change. Terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23. Subject to change. Terms apply. And if you're in the back row, the very, very back row, and you didn't hear the first couple times, let me tell you one more again. Don't forget. Use the promo code LOCK23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change. Terms apply. Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part two of the crossover edition. I know a lot of folks, this is their favorite show of the week, just to get to know the next team up on the schedule. And the beautiful thing about Monday Night Football is you get to go through the whole weekend. Saturday, you get to watch college football. Sunday, you get to watch the whole slate of NFL games. And then everyone's waiting for Monday night. Everyone is waiting for the big showcase to close out the week. And it's the Raiders and the Lions. It's exciting. Uh, We'll be able to see all the games. And then... Kind of compare and contrast what the teams look like around the league and then get ready for Lions and Raiders on Monday Night Football. So Matt Derry, host of Lockdown Lions, joins the show. We're going to talk right now in segment number two about the biggest matchups between the Raiders and the Lions. Here's part two of our conversation on the crossover edition.
1: Matchup-wise, Q all start here for Lions and Raiders on the Detroit side. And obviously, when people say, oh, well, what do they know about the Raiders? They know, like you said, those the, the Josh Jacobs is right. in the world, Devontae Adams. But certainly on defense, it's it's a guy from Eastern Michigan and the guy that everybody knows around here, Max Crosby. I want to watch him against Panay Sewell on the right side and, of course, Taylor Decker on the left side. Because to me, and I think Lion fans will agree, it was really weird watching Panay struggle this past Sunday against the Ravens. Now, Baltimore's got a very good defense. You knew they were going to come after Jared Goff. But Panay Sewell is one of the best tackles in the league, whether he's playing the right side, whether he played the left side. Earlier this year when Decker got hurt, he did not have a good game. A couple of holding penalties. Uh, PFF graded him out okay, but and better than I thought. But to go up against a guy that just has that kind of motor, that kind of skill set, and Max Crosby, that'll be fun to watch. These are two good tackles. Has Max been moving around a lot more on right or left side? What do you think of that matchup? And then. What do, you, what do you have uh, in your arsenal?
0: He's he's usually on the right side, but he does move around. They've moved him around this year as opposed to previous years where he was just exclusively on the right side. So he has moved around a little bit. They're trying to put the rookie Tyree Wilson into better positions as well to try to give him an opportunity to, you know, get after the quarterback and see what he can do. He picked up his, fours, his first sack as a as a pro last week, and really it was on the last play of the half, and it was one of those it was going to be a Hail Mary from Peterman. And, you know, just it, it really wasn't – the 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 sack that you're looking for, but it's technically a sack, so he got his first one. But you can see he's starting to progress a little bit and get better and healthier from that foot surgery he had when he was at Texas Tech when he uh, finished out his college career. But, yeah, Max is always going to be Max, and that's always a good matchup. Always look for 98 and see where he's at. But I'll tell you, when it comes to matchups, and I normally don't do this, but because it was such a bad performance on Sunday by the Raiders' defense in general – I'm, I'm looking at the defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, who has made the move from the sideline to the, the booth this year, and it was really looking pretty good for a while. The, the, there was a few weeks where I kept saying that the Raiders' defense was actually the strength of the team, which surprised me. And then they laid that egg on on Sunday. And like I said, their, the effort didn't look like it was there. I actually asked defensive coordinator Patrick Graham about that on uh, on Tuesday. I said, you know, it, did you see the effort and, and the energy that you wanted to see from your defense? And, of course, he danced around it. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, uh, it was there or no, it wasn't. But I'll tell you right now, it wasn't. The energy was bad. The effort was bad. It looked like they were just kind of sleepwalking. So I just want to see – Patrick Graham put his players in the best position to succeed against a a Detroit Lions offense that you know is high-powered that can score from anywhere on the field. I want to see how they come out in a hostile environment and have that – that energy and that effort that they didn't have a week ago and see how they match up. You know, because, again, Detroit, they, they're going to get after it. And I know that they saw the film. They saw the Raiders give up 173 yards on the ground, and they have dudes that can get it done on the ground, right? And they have dudes that can get it done. You know, Jared Goff could throw the ball around the yard as well. I mean, they're a two-headed monster right there. Um, you know, they're, they're – t- you know, again, I don't have to compliment them more than I already am. The, the team is, they're, they're, they're dangerous. And coming off that loss to Baltimore, I, I think this is a huge challenge for this Raiders defense. So I'm, the matchup I'm looking at is, is really Patrick Graham. What could Patrick Graham do to set up his defense in the position to go up against that high-octane Detroit Lions offense? That's going to tell me a lot about this Raiders team, how they react to getting their, kick, their teeth kicked in like they did on Sunday against the Bears.
1: Yeah, to get embarrassed by Tyson Bajant is not a good thing. And I I know that he's the new hotness and the league likes him. And and certainly the Bears fans would rather have him than Justin Fields. But bottom line (laughs) is now you're right. This is a step up in in competition for Raider defense. I liked how you guys played against the Packers. And you kind of Mm -hmm. took away the middle of the field for Jordan Love. And that's what the Ravens did this past Sunday uh, against the Lions. It's the first game I can remember in a while where Jared Goff Look for that first option over the middle, and it wasn't there. Yeah. Mean, second half, after they're down 35 nothing it started to get there, and they got St. Brown a lot of fantasy points. But all in all, in that first half, what Mike McDonald, former Michigan defensive coordinator, kind of beloved here, we're going back to his to the other Harbaugh, Harbaugh brother, he really took away the middle of the field for, for golf. And, and uh, that's probably what you need to do and hope he can hit a yeah. deep shot or something down the sideline to Jamison Williams, who's a, a train wreck here, kind of already to start his career. Maybe this is the game he breaks out, but that will be interesting. Like you said, the rhythm of the line offenses, especially at home Mm -hmm. on that fast track in the dome, um, you know, they've done pretty well. Raider linebackers played really well in that Packer game.
0: Yeah, Um, they did. Divine Diablo yeah. left the game last week against the against the Bears and so Luke Masterson who was a former undrafted free agent came in and Robert Spillane he was the free agent they picked up from the, the, the Steelers. He's been really a good player. Masterson is a pretty good player as well. The linebackers haven't been the weak link of the defense like I thought they were going to be they've actually been pretty good but it's funny because they did play the middle of the field well against the Packers. That's usually their Achilles heel <laughs> right? I mean that's for years we've talked about why is the middle of the field so wide open and they did pretty well against the Packers. So if they could do that against the Lions, that'll be a step in the right direction. You know, maybe Patrick Graham has seen that on film and is able to see it gets the bird's eye view from up top where, okay, hey, let's make sure that that's covered up and take that option away and live with the other options. But again, the Lions have weapons all over the field. I really admire the way that they've constructed their offense and Jared Goff with that blue collar, uh, you know, approach and the fact that, he, you know, he was basically thrown in as a consolation prize from uh, the Rams. Like, okay, here, and you could take Jared Goff. And Jared Goff has just gone and thrived in Detroit under Dan Campbell. I could really appreciate. And I was a fan of him when he was coming out of college at Cal. So I'm I'm happy that he's having success there in Detroit. I, I really am.
1: Five and two Lions, three and four Raiders. How do the Lions win this game? How do the Raiders win this game? And predictions, we will do that uh, coming up next.
0: So there was our part two of the conversation, talking all things matchups, biggest matchups. And you see, I have a heavy emphasis on the Raiders' defense when it comes to matchups and what they're going to do. That performance they had on Sunday against the Bears was just not good enough. And they know that. I know that Raider Nation knows that more importantly. Coming up in segment number three, part three of the conversation between Matt Derry and myself talking about path to victory, right? We might even sprinkle in a little uh, game prediction, score prediction. I don't really like to do that, but, you know, if Matt wants to do it, we'll do it. So that'll come up in part three of the conversation after I tell you about a couple of the sponsors here on the show, including FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a 5 bet that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose so if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel good do it there's no better place and no better time to get in on the action the app super easy to use even I could use it even a dummy like me could use it it's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders and a whole lot more makes the games that you're watching just that much more fun when you got a little skin in the game right visit FanDuel.com locked on get into the NFL season the right way with FanDuel the official partner of the NFL. I also want to tell you about the Jace case and Jace Medical. And the Jace case is there for you with the unexpected happens. And the unexpected happens all the time. And sometimes the unexpected is massive, right? I mean, we look outside and we see what's going on in the world. There's a lot of massive events going on. But then there's some events that are smaller, closer to home, but still big deals, right? And so you want to be prepared for the unexpected. And that's where Jace Medical and the Jace case comes into play. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. So, you can provide a lot of different medications in it. They can also customize your case so you can add additional life-saving medications if you so choose to. And it's real simple, as a matter of fact, to go ahead and get it. Uh, again, the five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use are already there. Uh, you want to go ahead and get one. All it takes is a Fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Uh, You get on that ongoing care. You get the ongoing care from their their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created. Doctor recommended. You don't want to get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care so again you want to get hooked up with the jace case it's easy go to jacemedical.com, use the promo code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order that's promo code locked on at j-a-s-e medical.com your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three in today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part three of the crossover edition with Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lions, and myself, and we're going to talk about what it's going to take to get a victory. What is it going to take for the Raiders to get a win? What is it going to take for the Lions to get a win? And we may decide to go ahead and sprinkle in a little score prediction, who we think is going to win the game, how we're going, to, how they're going to win the game, or how they're going to lose the game. We'll do that all here in segment number three, part three of the conversation here on the Crossover Edition, talking all things path to victory.
1: IQ, uh, how do the Raiders pull this off? What would, uh, what, eight and a half point favorites from FanDuel, uh, eight and a half point underdogs right, right. now from FanDuel, how do they? How do they spring the upset?
0: Well, I'll tell you, it's gonna have to. It's gonna have to have a heavy dose of the run game. And unfortunately for the Raiders this year, there hasn't been a heavy dose of the run game, right? They have the defending uh, rushing champion and Josh Jacobs. He hasn't gone over 100 yards yet this season, right? And and we know about the holdout trying to get the contract. It's, it's it goes further than that, right? It's way deeper than that. Uh, the the offensive line and him aren't clicking. I mean, he's having to make a cut before he really even gets the ball in his hands. I mean, he's four yards back in the backfield and he's already making his first cut where that shouldn't be the scenario. And, you know, the offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi, he tells us and Coach McDaniels tells us uh, they're close. They're close to having a big game on the ground. And, you know, Josh will get a four-yard carry that should have been 15, but, you know, one guy missed an assignment on a block or Josh didn't hit this certain spot. You know, he didn't pick up the block the way he was supposed to. It's always, you know, they're close. They're close. They're close. Okay, well, look, if you want to go into Detroit and beat the Lions you gotta be more than close You've got to go out there and you've got to start executing. You've got to really find a way to keep that ball out of Jared Goff and that Lions uh, team's hands. I mean, it's just simple as that, and the the run game is going to help do that. It's not going to eliminate that, obviously, but it will help. Not to mention, Matt, that the Raiders' offense isn't built to be the team that throws the ball 45 times a game. It's just not. They have to be balanced, right? There's certain teams in the league. I can see Kansas City, and I can see Patrick Mahomes drop back 45 times. It's not a big deal. We saw Kirk Cousins drop back 45 times on Monday Night Football in Minnesota never get sacked, and he was fine. The Raiders aren't, aren't built like that. They're not that team that could just throw the ball around the yard and think that they're going to thrive like that. Even though they have weapons, they've got to be as balanced as possible. So they're going to have to have a big performance from Josh Jacobs. That'll open up everything else that they want to do. They're going to need their quarterback, Jimmy G, back, right? I mean, if Aiden O'Connell's out there, then you know maybe that he gives him a chance. He gives him a little bit of spark because he's you know young. He's new. He's got a big arm. Whatever. And, and and they you know they they go out there and they play hard for him. Maybe that's the case. But I think the best case scenario is Jimmy G is out there uh, for them at the quarterback position, and they've got to get a heavy dose of the run game, which means the offensive line's got to be clicking. Offensive line hasn't been what it was a season ago when they helped lead the, the or helped Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing. It just hasn't been that. And, and that's unfortunate for Josh. I know he's frustrated. He wants to get started, and he just hasn't. So uh, if, if they're going to come together, no better time than make it Monday Night Football when the Detroit Lions uh, are hosting you on Monday Night Football when everyone's watching and, you know, they're coming off a, a, a tough loss where they, they, they're they going to smell blood in the water, and the Raiders are coming off an embarrassing loss where they need to, you know, show that that was just a bad day at the office, a bad day to have a bad day. So I think that it all starts and ends with Josh Jacobs, that offensive line, and and having Jimmy G back under center. I feel like that that's really the only way that they get this victory on uh, on on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. What are you looking at as far as the Lions go? What do they have to do to get back in the win column?
1: I mean, they got to win on first down on defense. Uh, I was stunned. I right, Look, you knew Lamar Jackson was going to have a game. I kind of figured, all right, Lions split this road trip and go to Tampa and win, which they did, and then lose to Baltimore. It's not the end of the world. They got lambasted. Yeah. And they couldn't get off the field, but a lot of it was just, you know, Ravens chunk plays on first down were immense and the lions this Monday night have got to just force those second and nine second and eights third and longs and, and but win and get it started on first down defensively. Cause it was bad and you're right with that crowd. And if you have, you have a rookie quarterback playing uh, enforcing second and longs, third and longs, I think the lions can be just fine. Mm-hmm. That's you know, on the defensive side offensively. They're not going to have David Montgomery again but I I think I need to see more of Craig Reynolds early as kind of that power back to go with Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs played really well and had his best game. Yeah, Certainly this past Sunday, the rookie uh, was taken very high in the draft, but I think the Gibbs Reynolds combo wears down that Raiders uh, pass rush a little bit in that D line, make Crosby kind of think a little bit more about just pinning his ears back and having to defend the run, which he can do, but um, that's where That's the two things I see. It's pretty basic stuff. Stop the run and uh, Certainly run the football, which has worked for the Lions. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to see I want to see the ground game, like you said, uh, on your side. Same same on our side. Just with Reynolds and Gibbs do their thing, and I think the Lions going to be okay. I mean, if we're doing predictions here, I, I you know I picked the Lions the last few weeks. I know I thought about it last week with the Ravens. I knew that was going to be a dangerous game, but I think Detroit bounces back. I think they bounce back big and win something like 28 to 10. I, I, I truly believe that. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that the Lions get this one. You know, as much as I'd love to tell Raider Nation that I think that the Raiders are going to pull the upset in Detroit, I just, from what I've seen, I can't sign up for that. I couldn't say that with a straight face and be like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. I just, I don't <laughs> see it. And especially because I know that the Lions do want to run the ball. And I just saw... Deontay Foreman go off for you know a ton of yards, multiple touchdowns against the Raiders uh, a week ago. So that's another challenge that they have. Can they slow down the run? Can the they make the Lions one dimensional? Who? Oh, by the way, if they had to be one dimensional, still could, <laughs> right? I mean, they still could yep. get it done. They I honestly don't want to do it that way, but they could. But they've got to they've got to s- slow down the run. They can't just open up the floodgates like they allowed uh, the Bears to do. So uh, yeah, I, I think that the Lions get the victory. Uh, the Raiders hover around seventeen points a game that's just basically what they do you know 17 points 18's been their high as far as the uh, offense goes well actually I guess 19 was their high and then they got uh, the, the safety so 21 so yeah so I think that they'll probably lose i say like 24-17 to the Lions and they'll drop the 3-5 and five, and Raider Nation and the Pitchforks will really come out to fire head coach Josh McDaniels like they're already out there and you know the Detroit Lions will go into their bye week feeling pretty good about themselves having a chance to rest relax you know heal up a little bit and get ready for the stretch run of the season and a very promising season that they're having there in detroit
1: and a monday night crowd yep. Monday night cameras yep. joe buck troy aikman could this be the spot where Devontae melts down and really gets upset knowing that everybody's watching um to kind of put his stamp on it because you
0: know he's frustrated too i don't have to tell you that right right and the trade deadline's the next day <laughs> right? Oh, the trade deadline's the next day, so you want to get the rumor mills going, right? Go out there and have a bad showing on Monday Night Football if you're the silver and black. And, man, you're going to have everyone, every talking head and their mother talking about what's going to happen in the next, you know, 12 hours or so uh, before the trade deadline with the Raiders. That 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 could all of a sudden make that that storyline super, super interesting. Uh, so we will see. But, man, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I'd love to come on here and say that I think that the Raiders are going to bounce back and have a big upset win and feel good about themselves, come back to Vegas and get ready. Uh, for the Giants, but my gut feeling just tells me that that's not in the cards for Monday Night Football. So just got to keep it real, right? <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, no question about it.
1: By the way, check out Q uh, Knight's on ESPN Radio. He's doing a great job nationally. It's very cool that uh, you're doing that. Q, appreciate the time, my friend. It was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's always great to catch up with you, man. Enjoy the game on Monday night. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking soon, I'm sure.
1: You got it. Your boy Q, Matt Derry. Locked on Raiders, locked on Lions. This has been a third the Thursday crossover.
0: So there it is. There it was. Matt Derry and myself on the crossover edition talking week eight action, Monday night football. Lions in Detroit. It's a homecoming game. And what I mean by that, a lot of Lions alum are going to be in the building, like Barry Sanders. Uh, Glover Quinn is a guy that I talked to on the radio show on Wednesday. Multiple uh, multiple guys that play for the Lions organization organization that are really great players or were really great players are going to be in attendance. So you could tell that that crowd is going to be lathered up. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to go. And, of course, the Raiders got to go into the belly of the beast. Now, not saying they can't win the game. Don't have a good feeling about it based off what they did on Sunday against the Bears, but that doesn't mean they can't, they can't win this game because the Raiders traditionally do what? They play up to their competition or they play down to their competition. Clearly on Sunday against the Bears – they played down to the competition so maybe they'll play up to their competition on uh, on Monday in Detroit versus the Lions. But we'll deep dive into it a little bit more. We won't do Keys to Victory uh, on tomorrow's show because well, we could do that on Monday. Getting you prepared for Monday Night Football. But we will deep dive into the trade deadline. Uh, We've been doing a little exercise here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We'll do that. uh, Plus any sounds that I get from maybe head coach Josh McDaniels when we meet with him a little bit later. Or maybe even some sounds from the locker room. If Vinny's able to send some of that over for me uh, while he's inside the locker room, I'll be on the radio at that time. But we'll have a locked and loaded show tomorrow. Trust and believe that. We'll get back to calls and texts i know we got plenty of them we'll do that in segment number three tomorrow so uh, we'll have a good show for you lined up as you head into the weekend uh, and get ready for all the football action college and nfl all weekend long so until tomorrow ready nation take care of yourself take care of your family love on your family most importantly as always just win baby